Okay, so now we're going to move on uh, to Candace, and I'm pleased to introduce her. She it was the head of the Office for Civil Rights. She's was the Deputy General Counsel for the Department of Education, and she's now a practicing attorney at C.E. Jackson Law Firm. So Candace, really excited to hear what you have to tell us about what we can do to continue the fight for Title IX. Thanks. All right, we beat the tech challenges. So it's, you know, it's an understatement to state and acknowledge that the gender identity movement has completely altered um, the pathway for women's struggle to achieve equality and equity in athletic opportunities. The, the tool of Title IX as our country's legal banner um, about the importance of equal opportunities for, for women in, in a very short, a stunningly short period of time, three or four years really at most, um, Title IX ha has been completely hijacked. Um, it, it's under a, you know, not, not a new civil rights movement of any kind, but um, really a, a pseudo spiritual belief system. Um, and, and it's threatening to erase not just the gains made by women in sports, but the very ability of women even to continue pushing forward for, for our rights as girls, as women. Tara's presentation tonight portrayed this poignantly. It is crucial that we remind ourselves through the history of Title IX that we aren't the ones who are off track or off base here. We aren't the ones who, who are coming up with a brand new novel, totally subjective, very mystical, imaginary construct called gender identity designed to soothe men's egos at women's expense. We are up against a, a reality-denying, cultish ideology that, that's trying, with, with some success, legally even, to guilt-trip society into feeling sorry for men and ignoring the unique needs of women. Um, once again, asking women to stand aside, to bow out gracefully, to yield our positions, our achievements, our opportunities, so that men can feel validated. And so that women literally wind up with no space in which women reach for the stars and earn accomplishments and full civic contributions. This is exactly what happens every time a pronoun policy forces people to call men she or her. It happens every time a boy or a man is given access to a supposedly girls only locker room. It happens every time a domestic violence shelter is coerced into housing men in a women's unit. It happens every time a male criminal is sent to a women's prison. And every time sexual violence committed by a man is recorded as committed by a woman. But nowhere is the dynamic of male domination and demand for subjugation of women so crystal clear as it is every time a man is allowed to compete in a female sports category. So what I was specifically invited to, to, to talk a little bit about with you tonight is uh, one of the several very important pathways that we do have for fighting back. Way, uh, for, for displaying, for demonstrating the, the confidence and commitment uh, that we are warranted in having in moving forward for girls and women in sports. Our determination to say no to giving up the progress that we've made over the last half century and our demand that girls and women be legally recognized as fully entitled to dignity and opportunities that boys and men have long enjoyed. So I wanna encourage us all to step back and remember that 
Title IX is absolutely in place to protect girls and women. The, the truly irrational, illogical push to turn Title IX upside down and inside out and into a weapon against girls and women has gained some legal traction, no doubt, over the last handful of years. Judges have been buying the argument that Title IX protections based on sex need to expand to protect individuals based on subjective identities. But, but here's the, the positive news. That is so absurd and so palpably unjust that we are already seeing signs of hope that the legal system will do a 180 on this. One of the ways that I do believe we can pull together collectively to press this momentum and increase it is by deliberately forcing more and more courts and judges to confront the purpose and history of Title IX. To have to look girls and women in the eye and declare that Title IX isn't about you anymore. It's about boys and men who want to be you. So here, here's what I want us to start being on the lookout for. Like Kara walked us through, the education department, the US education department it is fully committed to their process of uh, amending Title IX regulations to, to explicitly make Title IX all about so-called gender identity instead of the objective category of sex. But what's important to understand is that courts and judges are actually not bound by the US Education Department's own regulations. Those regulations apply only to the administrative enforcement investigations that the, that the education department does. Courts and judges have the ability to look directly to the history of the Title IX statute and the, the cases over the last 50 years and how to appropriately uh, apply Title IX. So we, we have wide open avenues to start bringing lawsuit after lawsuit in federal courts across the country. Uh, against schools and institutions that take any federal funding for failing to uphold the rights of girls and women under Title IX. Uh, the nice thing about those lawsuits is, is instead of begging the education department, uh, political appointees and officials to, you know, please see our point of view and do something, we can take this um, with the, you know, into court um, with the teeth of, of pursuing actual money damages against institutions. Um, what does, what does that strategy look like in types of cases then? Um, I, I'm thinking about uh, private Title IX lawsuits for sex discrimination um, brought by you know, individuals or groups of individuals in a similar situation who are willing to step forward and stake their claim for genuine equal opportunities, suing their schools or their colleges or their universities Every time a place, a spot, a tryout, a record, a team, a category is handed to a male athlete under the lie that it's actually in a female category. It means demanding that schools and colleges answer to girls and women when they're diverting funding and resources away from women's sports to cater to men who want to invade and take over women's sports. Um, it, funding and equality and equitable, uh, the equitableness of funding um, athletic programs, it, it has been historically one of the biggest uh, battlefields uh, of Title IX and one of the biggest um, um, theaters of advancement and application of Title IX to really make a difference. Um, those opportunities, uh, the athletic opportunities are 
you know, only created when there's an investment of money and resources into what girls and women need to, to be competitive and successful. And so, you know, I, I want to pay special attention in this, in this current fight to, you know, making out the argument that every time a school in, um, in reality decimates the female category, they are going right back to 50 years ago when female sports programs were given, you know, almost zero resources. It is asking a lot of young female athletes to become involved in legal actions. It is unfair that we're in this position, but I, I, I guess I'm here to make the pitch that forcing the legal system to deal head on with the sexism and the harms to women that are occurring under the banner of Title IX is one of the biggest responsibilities and opportunities that we have to beat back this attack and get back on a path of truly increasing the scope and integrity of women's sports. So I, I'll wrap up with that and uh, happy to stay on and, and uh, participate in any Q&A. But thank you very, very much for having me tonight.